Primo production, she put on for a shot. In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree. Welcome back to the Bree Moore Productions podcast. We are back. I want to give a special shout out to everybody that listened to the podcast faithfully. Today we have a special guest. How you want me to introduce you as Derek Turner or just Derek? Um, yeah. Derek Turner. <laughs> <laughs> The founder and CEO of Cool Coalition Media. What's up, Derek? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, very grateful and just, you know, thankful for life right now. And uh, just riding this road. Derek, I told you don't get on my podcast <laughs> with that cool shit. Listen. That's me all the time. No, you I'm are not up. cool. <laughs> I'm not cool. No. Being weird is cool, so I'm really cool. I'm here right now. It's like childhood. Anyways, y'all, this is my brother from another (laughs) mother. And I had to bring him on the podcast because I just wanted to. We have a really (laughs) interesting, very interesting um, relationship. Very interesting. I just started talking back to this nigga about a month ago. It's been a whole year and a half. We really are like the, the real life. (laughs) <laughs> Martin and Pam, like it's just weird, but it's love. But it's it weird. It is love. It's definitely love. It's kind of like one of those relationships. Like I fuck with you, but I need a break, and then you come back, and That's then we good. Good explanation. Yeah. Then you start missing me, and then you'd be like, I "Did I reach out to you?" Me. I don't know. Nah. You, said, you said you miss me though. I do. I did. It was your birthday. <laughs> so you just told me that. I just told you that for your birthday. So you tell the niggas just what they want. Look, this is not cool, me. Oh, uh, see. I mean, you human. I got a, I got a, I got a topic. Okay. Oh, yeah. No. First, I would like to say that this episode, I'm going to start doing like off the muscle episodes where we are just literally just having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Me and Derek really have good conversations. And if you're not from Dallas, off the muscle means what? Uh, Quick, ASAP, freestyle, off the top, off the dome, raw conversation. Yes. So I'm gonna start. I'm gonna kick this off with Derek. Tell us more about Cool Coalition. What you got going with that? Ooh, okay. I wasn't even ready. Um, you gotta you, stay ready. You're right. You're right. Get ready. Honestly, we're in a very interesting position. I'm gonna keep it, you know, all the way a thousand. Uh, we've been real low key. Uh, I re- I just I moved to DC for a year, uh, and I'm back. Um, so I had a lot of time to think while I was gone about the mistakes um, that I made with the business while we hadn't, you know, went to certain heights, so to speak, or whatever, just assessment. Um, and it was really good. It was a really, like, reflective period. So where we are now is um, I'm trying to shoot as much as I can while I'm in the city. I'm in the city for about three solid weeks. Um, so I'm kind of trying to stockpile or just whatever. If I had any type of creative something I wanted to do, I'm trying to just get a shot. But of course, I always get a phone call or two where somebody want to do. Oh something. yeah, you definitely owe me. Whatever, y'all, you niggas owe me. Y'all do owe we? me film. Y'all do owe me film. Do we owe you film? Is it me specifically? It's, it's a whole. I mean, it's cool coalition. Okay. Period. What's well, a lot of restructuring with the business? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's it's in a good position because with this, look, I don't know who with, with me about to move, you know, overseas, it widens um, the business. The you see audience. what I'm saying? Yeah. So who knows what I'm going to see over there that catch my eye or what, you know what I mean? So it's kind of literally, and with me having been in D.C., you know, just things I've seen as far as. Oh, yeah, I can definitely use you for the next three weeks. You can use them for the next? Okay, well, then let me know. Oh, yeah, we got the closet sale coming up. We got the summer program at South Dallas Culture Center. Okay. All right. Um, okay. When August, are you leaving? August what? August 5th. Dang, I'm about to say the, the model casting for the annual fashion show. I want to come to the fashion show, to be honest with you. You should. I mean, I can't. That's going to be a hell of a I flight. mean, that is going to be a hell of a so, flight. And I'll be done just got down there. Otherwise, I would make it out. But I don't know. What's weird is I keep getting wedding calls. People want me to do destination weddings. And I'm like, I'll probably be overseas. I mean, I'd do it, but that make the ticket like a thousand dollars more. Oh well, I mean, that's just what it is. I charge fifteen hundred, two thousand. But anyways, you just said something really um key to right. entrepreneurship. You said that while you was away, you had time to like think and analyze mm -hmm. your business. And um you also said it's all about trial and error. And I say that all the time because in business, entrepreneurs think you're supposed to get it right. And sometimes you don't like you don't get it right all the right. time. Like quickly, yeah. you are learning, especially not trying to call anybody out, but black entrepreneurs. It's some of us that got it. We got the working capital. We got the audience off the muscle. We can just get to work and our business goes to new heights. Right. But it's some of us that really have to sit back and be like, okay, that didn't work. Let me try something else. Oh, that didn't work either. Let me keep trying. It's all yeah. about trial and, trial and error. It's it's similar to you got to have the same energy with your business that you have with somebody else's business. Like if you go into a nine to five and that nine to five didn't work for you and then you apply for another uh, nine to five and that didn't work for you. It's the same thing with your business. Yeah. It's all about trial, trial and error until you get in where you fit in. Yeah. Same shit. And being able to be outside of the city, you look at the city kind of from a bird's eye view. And you kind of can tell, like I say, the characteristics of the city that you may not have otherwise realized but you being yeah. right in the middle. And I know you can attest to that, having you know done a fashion show and feeling whatever. But it was kind of interesting to look at the city from a distance. And then it's, uh, honestly, it's like, I feel, uh, I want to say, misconceptions about the East Coast. East Coast get a bad rap. You think so? I do. Well, it, it was totally opposite what I expected. You know, or just what you, I did a lot of customer service jobs, so they always say, you know, New Yorkers are rude and all this. But I love New York when I visit. I love Harlem, like, and it was just like love. Like, I'm talking about literally people on the street just, how you doing, brother? You know, how you doing? They just so aware of themselves. Just the conversation I had with chicks in bars, just, it was different. And I wasn't expecting, I was expecting just, griminess or whatever but it was cool i mean i'm sure you can get the griminess but yeah i, th I think i think you can definitely get the griminess after like once you become intimate with them i don't Maybe think it's it like more like a upfront situation i got you i think that's what it is because like just working with having an experience working with people from different cities like i'm just gonna compare dallas to philly mm -hmm. Of course, we got the Southern hospitality, and everybody is nice up front. You get high, and then once you get to know somebody, it's like they shady as hell. 
No, no. I mean, no, no. I'm just don't look at my face as fake. And then in Philly is like you get that that northern aggression where you don't really get those handshakes and smiles right away, but once you get to know them intimately, they're nice people. And that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like they're, they're aggressive, but I feel like they're more upfront with how it's they blunt. feel. It's blunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can that's appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I yeah, I'd rather that than to. Think yes. you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I counted it all. Every, like I met uh, uh, a dude working at this, uh, you know, restaurant for a minute from New York, from Staten Island, Howard grad, you know what I mean? And he just, he, yeah, it wasn't like he was super friendly in the beginning. But once I got cold, he was like. Oh, he's, gen- yeah. Like he was, he's very you know, gave nice. me the scoop keys to the, you know, let me know what's going on. I'm like, all right. See what's, so it just, I don't know. I was shocked. But it was a refreshing uh, situation. I love the East Coast. I would live there. It is expensive. Uh, but I like that DMV area. And uh, I love it. And, uh, yeah. Do you think it's important to travel? Absolutely. Uh, I think it's almost, if you're in any type of creative industry or just whatever, I, I think it's important, period. But especially if you're in any type of entrepreneurial, whatever. i give you a good example. Um, I met a guy that started some social media called Me Spoke, uh, dude, real tall white guy, looked like Italian, mop, something, whatever. And oh, you thought he was sexy? <laughs> don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> see, you see the Martin Pam situation, anyway. So I chop it over to dude. We see each other passing and talk. Well, he found out I did a video, so he's like, What? He shows me a video he got done. He was like, guess how much I paid for that video? Now, the old me would have jotted out what I could have shot it for, right? But I'm in East Coast, and I look at stuff like the dope game. Never sold any drugs, okay? But I just look at stuff like I know prices fluctuate. You know what it is. So I'm like, hmm, how much you pay for it? He was like, 1500 He paid an intern 1500 for this video. And it was just like transitions, okay? For y'all in the video world, it's just transition. It was dope, but it was fifteen hundred. We done did it for five hundred down. Here. <laughs> I instantly called Louie. I said, "Bruh, <laughs> like Me. the prices is different up here, and we need to be on this level and keep this in mind." You know what? I can attest to that. When too. we're charging because we're selling ourselves short, not short, a, but short. An intern. 1500 And was proud of it. Was telling me, like... He got a good deal. Like, you know, and I'm looking at him like, what? <laughs> but in my mind, I'm like, wow. Listen. Yeah. yeah. When I went to... The, the fashion show in Philly happened in 2017. In March 2017. So, I'm, on, I'm just on Facebook trying to, like promote and then all of a sudden I just randomly see this woman say that she need a stylist for a photo shoot and she's in Philly. I would oh well I'm gonna be in Philly doing that time. So I signed up. Here's my resume. Here's this. She was like, what's your fee? I gave her my fee. She was like, no problem. Bruh, as soon as I walked in the building, I have not like did anything. I didn't sit down, nothing. She gave me the money. I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, damn. <laughs> she gave you all of it? She gave me all the money plus the money that I spent on the clothes that I brought. 
So I was like, oh, wow. She was like, yeah, just give me your receipt. Everything that you spend on this photo shoot, just give me your receipts and I'll reimburse you. I'm like, oh, shit. So I don't have to take it back to the store. She said, no. Because I'm used to pulling from, from stores and keeping up with my receipts. So after the photo shoots, we take them back. No, she was like, no, we'll keep it. She was like, I probably need it for another photo shoot. I know you're not in, in Philly full time, so. I got that money plus on top of my fee. She did not complain about my fee. She did not question my fee. She was like, you do nice work. I love your style. Wow. Da, da, da. One photo shoot. And it was with a VH1 mob wife. But here, <laughs> nigga be pulling from 15 different boutiques and consignment stores and thrift stores and lining shit up. Got shit all organized and shit like that. Don't get gas money and they probably want to give you the second half or something after it's done. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know what? All 2019, I do not accept deposits. I want my shit on front. <laughs> Period. It's, it's, I it's want all my man. money. I want all my money up front. And I mean that. And I'm going to work I'm gonna work my ass off. I'm going to make sure that you get the service that you need. I'm going to always be available for you. It's going to be great customer service. You're going to get all my creativity. You're going to get my time. But I need my money up front. I'm not mad at you, man. I don't believe in deposits. <laughs> I'm not mad at you. Hey, I, my approach, my thought process is different. Uh, if anybody booked me, they'll probably recognize it. Realize it's just, I just, I learned a lot up there, actually. No, because it's like, for instance, with the closet sales. The closet sale was a dream. Like, it was an ideal. It was something that I was doing back Back in 2014, just selling items off, you know, off the rack from my my um from my closet. But then it got so big, and I I created a Facebook group, and I was like, man, I just want to be done with this. I don't want to like post any more pictures, right? So then August had the idea to have it at Buzz Brews, and I said, okay, bet we're gonna have this one time event and call it a day. So once I said that you guys can come shop my closet, other businesses was like, can I vend? I was like, yeah, sure. But then I started charging a fee. So we charging a fee. It got to the point where people be like, can I give you $20 right now? And then after the closet sale, I'll give you another $20. And I was okay with that because I was new to the whole situation. I was like, okay. But then I found myself chasing $20. And I'm like, yo, you walked out after the closet sale. You didn't stop by and talk to me. You didn't give me my money. You know, and then I felt so offended because I'm like, bro, you chasing twenty dollars, like you are literally yeah. chasing twenty funky ass dollars. I said, oh no, nah. I want all my money, fifty, fifteen hundred, fifteen thousand, <laughs> twenty thousand, a hundred thousand. I want all my shit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't believe in deposits. Give me my shit. Disney just paid Beyonce twenty five mil. You think they put it up in 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 separations and no. They gave it to her. Give me my money. You already know I have what it takes. That's yeah. the reason why you reached out to me. Your, your work is proven. I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. And then nowadays when I help with, when I style somebody, we not meeting up at no, no restaurant like we used to back in the day. I'm doing everything here at Bremore Productions. Yeah. You see it. You feel it. Now you can taste it. <laughs> Do you want something to drink? Do you want a snack? I got all that shit. And you thinking I'm going to accept a deposit? <laughs> no. Nah. But 
FYI, y'all, it takes it's levels to this. It takes time. You gotta build up a reputation. This is true. You have to build up a clientele. You can't just off the muscle come out and be like, no deposit. It takes time to get to this point. And I feel like I have really paid my dues. I will say something else that I was able to not necessarily learn on the East Coast, but I reflected while I was up there. Um and and it was it was also something I think that attests to kind of what uh, Nipsey Hussle was saying, like don't skip the process. It's, I mean, people say yes, that a lot, but, but it's true. I learned some. This is what this is what really showed me something. We've done a lot. We we had it where we shoot. At one point, we were shooting anything. You call us, it don't matter. We shot funerals, uh, <laughs> weddings, video shoots, clothing. We shot anything, and we made a lot of mistakes. You know what I'm saying? As far as okay, maybe we should have did this or how you approach it. A lot of stuff, and just being real, it's not that you compare or compete, but I'll say this for me specifically, because I'm a social dude and I'm not a hater, I have photographer and videographer friends. So naturally, I'm going to look, because you just want to see where you're at, you know, in your industry or whatever. And a lot of them cold, some of them went further, some of them on the same level, whatever. I said that to say, it wasn't until um, I had to think about... Uh, doing a summer program in T-Ball where I was teaching those students. And when they have questions, I could actually answer them because I made wow. so many mistakes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when I when I first, when that kind of fell in my lap as far as that, uh, being able to teach that program. And I'm thinking my mind, it's way better photographers. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like I was just kind of like, Ugh, teach? You know, photography? Then I was like, you know what? I'm up for it. I did. I kind of did it on a like, you're kind of scared, but you're like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. But once I got there, and I'm in front of these 30-some students, and they like, well, what about if you shoot wedding? I'm like, damn, all this shit is experience. You know what I mean? It's not, you look at it as mistakes, and you be mad, like, I could have made more on this. Or, damn, this client got, but it's like, on the job experience, when you can look a 14, 15-year-old and say, when you go to a wedding, take two cameras. They be like, why? Because if one break down, you don't get another shot. You can't reshoot a wedding. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody gonna be pissed off at you. Like, what you gonna do? Just they don't care. They paid you to do this service. Take five memory cards. Take this. You know, do this. And it was just a lot of stuff that I didn't realize I had learned. And it just I reflected on that. I was like, okay, you gotta realize that. Yeah, just because you ain't maybe where you think you should be or could be, you gained a lot of on the job experience. And to hear Nipsey saying, "Don't skip the process," I felt what he was saying. Yeah. Because Nipsey was hot. I lived in Seattle in 08, and I heard about Nipsey Hussle. And I'm like, who is this cat? So for Victory Lab to drop 2018, 10 years later. that's 10 years. But by the time he get here, he done got it so out the mud. Grammy nominated. What can you really tell him? To the point he's selling his CDs at $100. Yeah. yeah. And he said something. This one of the oldest, this touched my soul when he said this. He said... With his, in so many words, I'm paraphrasing. And with his other business ventures, uh, creating revenue in other ways made him to be able to do the music from uh, a passion versus eating off the music. So he could, you know, record when he wanted. He could take his time with it. It wasn't like, oh, I got to do this album because I'm broke. And I was like, damn, that makes so much sense. Because a lot of people lose the passion for their art when you, turn it, the money. when you turn it into the way that you eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a whole different feel. That's why they always say their first album, they was hungry. Yeah. They was hungry. Now, it's the second album. They got to turn it in. and They got the pressure of the first album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It ain't too many artists that uh, ascend. They usually 
chasing that sophomore jinx or whatever. Right. So to hear him say that, that was that was impactful. I agree with that. That's that's the reason why I said, you know, at this point, yes, I'm able to demand yeah. what I'm demanding because of the sacrifices and the mistakes in the process as a whole. Like yeah. you just can't walk Come out the door it. and be like, and it's like, but you don't have no proof. You don't even have a resume. Yeah. To even show your skills, you got to have a portfolio before you start talking big boy shit. This is true. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why um, I was able to reflect on that too and look at what we shot. I'm just like, dang, we got a lot of good stuff, but you know how you just want to go higher. So yeah. I'm like, well, I'm in the city, I'm going to just shoot the shit out of a lot of stuff because I want to show the progression where we at now, what I've learned, you know what I mean? What we would do different on a music video than we did, you know, five years ago. So, I'm just shooting up a lot of things. Man. Yeah, that's that's my goal with the fashion show this year. That's what I told. That's what I told my team. I'm like, I I definitely want to reach a new height that I've never reached before. It doesn't matter if it's the way that we market it or the way that um, the people experience it. I really want it to be like a new level, a new elevation than what we reached in the past. Because now I can. I can put together a fashion show easy, like yeah. within a week at this point. Mm, okay, but okay. if that's that's just the that's just the logistics of things. That's just the the lineup and you know getting everybody organized, makeup, hair, and stuff like that, and making sure that people walk. But the experience of the fashion show that's a new level. That's like something that you always want to elevate. Like instead of having like a, a photographer taking pictures of everybody maybe you should have like selfie stations or mm. instead of having like a a liquor sponsor you can go for a theme and have popsicles instead of liquor or you can have cupcakes theme or like just really just finding new ways to be creative so the audience can really experience the event as a whole not just oh it's a fashion show come sit on the runway come see fashion and leave like no i want to go back i had a good time it made me feel yeah good don't know if i ever told you this but and then correct me if i'm wrong because you know I, I i you know being careful with my words these days um last year was white rock right past two years yeah past two years ago? Mm -hmm. was last year was i there last year I don't think it was there. I think it was during uh, it was there in 2017. Cause I hit Philly in 2017 and I hit Dallas in 2017. I did both. Cause when I got back from Philly, I was like, should we do a a show in Dallas this year? And everybody was like, hell yeah! And I was like, okay, let's do it. So what was, so what what month was it last year? Was it was in it? it was in November. For the past two years, it's been in November. I might have been there then. You wasn't there last year. He wasn't there in 2018. Okay. I don't think so. Oh, no, no, because I was... Okay, I was living in uh, D.C. So, yeah, that's what it was. Because I moved to D.C. in uh, July 17, 2018. Okay. Well, still. This still is relevant. So, I wanted to say this if I've never told you this. When I was there in 2017, the fashion show literally gave me chills. Really? I had a lot of realizations at your fashion show. If I've never told you this, I want to tell you this live on air. So this was the one you had Jameson Fogg, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, you had the billboard outside. Mm -hmm. um, 
Tekken wine, mm -hmm. right? Some something in some blue bags that was real dope. Fifty Two Savage was in the building, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. So this is what this is what blew me away with your fashion. Um, like the celebration kind of at the end. Like it made me realize something. This is a you know I had within myself. It, I realized for one, as far as personal, that uh, my age was different. <laughs> I got older, <laughs> but I realized too that your fashion shows are very much needed and they're different. I've been to. I don't want to say a lot of fashion shows. I know people have been to way more, but uh, I did a little work for Vanna Collins when I first started shooting, and she. I went to one of the dopest fashion. It was like a Miami meets Dallas or whatever. So I've seen a few. I haven't been to the pen show yet. I want to go or whatever. But what I saw the, the 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 models and people celebrating, the dude was hanging from the thing oh, yeah. and turned to. It was like I'm looking at this and I'm like, this is real energy. <laughs> like <laughs> it was like it was just like a a a, a, a victory lap, council. <laughs> you know, like a victory lap. Look, no point in it, but it was just kind of like. We did this. The work was put into it. You know, we did it on a high level. Everybody walked fierce, whatever they did, they thing. And now we just turning up. It was like a, I feel like Charlemagne would have been there and would be like, this fashion show was for the culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that would have been his review. And I remember just like, sis is on another level. She's, she's killing it. I just felt, I think I was able to feel what you were trying to convey in your fashion shows. Because I feel like you go, you're approaching like, you're going to do it. Your way, you ain't trying to be like no other. What's the name? You you know the the core of it because you've been around it, you've been doing it. Now what what's your eighth day? What's this? This is six. Six. Well, <laughs> it's, it'd be the seventh one if we include the Philly, Philly one. one. But yeah, it's the yeah, sixth yeah. one in Dallas. Six. Yeah, it was like all experience, but it was uh, but it was just like I felt that energy. That was like amazing to see, dude. On the hanging out, whatever he was hanging out on the ceiling, Calvin. Everybody turned like it was like he said, I'm gonna do that every year. I said, Wait a minute. <laughs> and I, but I, but I also was able to, I'm telling you, I was like, it was like, put it to you like this it was like if I was your uncle or something who didn't quite get what you were trying to do, and then I came and I'm like, Oh, these young people got it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't like to say young because I like, I like to think I'm still kind of young, but I was looking at it like, You are now, damn, like. It was dope, man. I got chills for that. For real, for real. Thank you. It was dope. And, you know, see see everybody that I'm in, you know, Young was in the building, uh, Ariana. It, it, was, it was dope. If I never, so I never, I don't think I ever told you that, did I? I think you have. I did? Oh. Yeah. Damn, I'm getting old for real, man. It's okay. <laughs> well, you guys, we're going to take a little short break and we'll be right back. We have a give. Okay. Yeah, we take breaks. <laughs> we got to give a, a shout out to our sponsors. All right. I'm saying that's good, but. I don't know. I, I know okay, guys, we we back. We talking yeah, yeah. about we talking about drugs. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. A lot of celebrities do. I'm not saying that's a good reason to do uh, it. Don't justify it. <laughs> I just still a drug. I'm just saying. Well, put it to you like this. I mean, what five years ago they tried to convince us that marijuana was bad, and now it's okay because they legalized. I mean, I know people that's functioning. They function on cocaine. Everybody don't go down the bad road like that. I think cocaine and weed is two different. Granted, they are. 
Okay, so now we're gonna talk about world topics. Yeah, yeah. That was all this topic. is this is part of the world. I'm topic. not on cocaine though for the listeners, but okay, keep on saying. But you keep fucking with your nose though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to I gotta move out the camera now. <laughs> they gonna swear I knew that nigga was on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> I'm just trying to make sure uh, you're all right, bro. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so speaking on events and putting on events for the culture, how do you feel about the Afro Festival? Have you heard about that? The Afro Festival in Detroit, they are charging, they are charging non-black people more. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. That's funny. They charging white people more to, to get in because it's not an event that's it's not an event that's created for them. That makes me. I'm sorry. I'm trying. All right. So they said, if you white and you want to come to our event that's created for black folk in the black experience, in the black culture, then you're going to have to pay more. Do you think white people should pay more to get in to uh, black events? Do you think this this team of coordinators are... Ooh, that's a tough one. Okay. Right. Uh, oh, that's a tough one. That's a good one. Okay. Why is it so tough for us to say what it is? Because we be trying to be nice. Why are we so nice? So I re- okay. we shouldn't we shouldn't be. Um, should they pay more? Should they pay more? Should white people pay more to attend black events that that are literally for us? I'm gonna say by yeah. us for us. I'm gonna say yeah. You think so? Yeah. I'm gonna say yeah. It could, you know I can imagine that could not go well with some people, but I'm gonna say yeah because I did weddings at country clubs. I didn't even know existed. And wasn't none of us in there. I was just in there shooting. You know what I mean? Like, and I'd be like, dang. And you realize, like, oh y'all. Y'all got your own shit. Yeah. I might have been hired on accident. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> your name is Derek. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So and they, so I think is they why would I ain't gonna say why would they want to come because people are fascinated with our culture. I learned that. From, yes, uh, I just spoke on that yesterday. I went to the African American Museum in DC, and if you people don't know, uh, it'd be a line. You know, it's a free museum, but you gotta sign up for a ticket at six a.m. Like soon as six a.m. hit, or they'll run out unless you are government or whatever. So I went during the week. They had a line. Still had to wait an hour. But to my surprise, people waiting in line wasn't black people. Mm. They was Russians, Germans, everything. I'm like, I don't, I ain't gonna say I don't care, but I ain't lying. I ain't even wait out to go to the Holocaust. You know what I'm saying? No disrespect to Jews and nothing like that. But I just, people are really fascinated with our Yeah, culture. we are the most influential. I just said that yesterday yeah. on Instagram. They like, waited I an really hour. honestly believe in that. Yeah. We are copied and pasted on a consistent basis. So it's like if you want to get into something that's for us, if it's you know the empowers, yeah, get taxed a little higher because you probably wouldn't even they ain't gonna announce theirs. Whatever they doing, it probably ain't even open to the public for us to come in. That's so, true. That's facts. So yeah. and then you gotta think about the history of this country. How in the past, black people are in segregated neighborhoods due to the fact of the redlining process. Yeah. They put us in specific neighborhoods because they didn't want us to be in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. They didn't want to be our neighbors. They didn't want us to go to the same schools their children was going to. Like, we have yeah. to consider that as well. And there's no apologies. There's no, 
you know, hesitation about it. It's just like, this is, is what this what it is. And then if you so happen to have the same money, if you can match our salary and, still, and live where we are, we're going to tax you a little bit higher. <laughs> I guarantee black people back in the day, you hear stories of black people hiring white people to go look at houses oh, yeah. in white neighborhoods mm-hmm. just so they won't get taxed. Yeah. So just just imagine all the white, all the black families that went into white neighborhoods anyways as yeah. themselves and that realtor still taxing them. Yeah. So I, I feel the same way. They like be taxed. It's not for you. It wasn't, it wasn't, it's not for you. You we didn't have you in mind. So especially with all the uh in lieu of this current reparations talk. Oh yeah, reparations. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We 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 ain't got it yet. If we get it, so yeah, they need to be. The playing field ain't level. If they, the playing field is not is not level. But when it comes to reparations, I think they need to. I think it's deeper than the money. Oh yeah, I got it. I got it. I can give you my five right here, maybe more than five. And I've had this conversation a couple times. They're not going to give us forty acres. Um, do we? Are we owed it? Yeah. I mean, we owed the damn world, whatever. But they're not going to give us forty acres. But I think they should give us two or three. Two or three acres, uh, five years, no tax. Um, create something like they created the GI Bill for Army veterans. Create that for Black folks. First yeah. house is on us. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, free tuition to wherever, plus a check, plus some type of check. I think that's that's what they should do because all the other races. I found out from uh, living in the East Coast. Um, my supervisor was Jewish. I found out that the U.S. gives, and I could be off on the numbers, but they give, uh, if you're under 25, they'll give you like 2500 to go back to Jerusalem. To, Are you serious? Yeah, not, you can Google it. I might, like I said, I might be off on the numbers, but if you're either under 25 or 18, they, they give you money to go back because it's important to know where you come from. And I had a, I had a conversation with a, a Trump supporter there. And she, she, look, people might get mad at this, is what I'm about to say, but she literally, we was in a conversation, and she was like, I don't mean any disrespect, you know, but just let me say, I said, it's okay, I'm the right person to talk to. I said, I'm not going to get mad, whatever you say. She's like, what more do you guys want? <laughs> and I did, you know, I laughed, you know me, I laughed. I said, all right, I'm going to break it down to you like this. I said, if you and your husband in a relationship and he cheated and you caught him, you know, it's just a random, weird analogy, and you decide to move forward, and he's like, okay. You know it, like let it go, let's move forward. I was like, how would you feel about that? Shouldn't he like apologize, acknowledge it, maybe some counseling, wine and dine you? I was like, we didn't get none of that. You see what I'm saying? I like, so Debbie is telling me that they give her daughter 2500 because that's important. But if I try to go back to where I'm from, I'm gonna hit a brick wall, you know what I mean? In North Carolina, because my mama did do it actually. You hit a brick wall, you you end up at a plantation. And then you got to dig really deep if you want to start finding out, you know, do Ancestry.com or something like that. But how impactful is it to not know where you're from? Like, and if it wasn't important, then why are they paying 25 to the Jewish? Why are they giving the Indians? I mean, uh, they know where they from. Yeah. You talk to a random white person, they'd be like, I'm one-fifth. Yeah. Two-tenth. And they like, probably show you a picture. So yeah. y'all, y'all know y'all shit by fractions. We like, know nothing. <laughs> we don't. Man, listen. In every city, it's a Chinatown. It's typically kind of a Mexico Man. town. It's a Korean area. Okay, in Dallas, it's not North Dallas is Korean area, right? Yeah. Mexico is East Dallas. I don't know where Chinatown is. 
The Indians get reservations, get casinos. And we say we got the ghetto, but that ain't ours. At all. This is just where we stay, but we don't own that. None of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I know one thing. The Chinatown in Philly is some special. <laughs> Them niggas, they got a whole little Chinatown uh, bridge. Like, it's like a like a statue or something to let you know you in our shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I ain't never seen You know what I'm saying? Like and they... And they they circulate like uh like Mike uh Killer Mike was saying yes. on trigger warning. Yes. They circulate their dollars yes. within that like community. You, you going, I'm like, okay, so and feel like you there's a sushi spot next to a, a sushi spot. There's a nail spot next yeah. to another nail spot. And then they they expertise in uh reflexology. Yeah. There's like two of them together as well. It's like if anything. They not competing with each other. They probably go next door. Hey, we just ran out of foot scrub. I need your. Can I borrow some? But they do it unapologetically. Yes, and it's no, it's no competition. It's no. It's like we all got to get this money, and then they they stay together until you know kingdom come. Everybody can get on their feet, and they just keep doing it over and over and over again. That's how they able to build those communities. And you know what I've noticed about Asians. They not political. <laughs> they the only group that don't say shit. Say, Le Duval, okay, is a comedian, but he's a genius and a scholar and a wonderful man, in my opinion. He said the Asians don't give a fuck about what's going on. They got their little ecosystem. They don't care what. They don't care if... They are unbothered. If Howard the Duck is president. They don't give a fuck who is president. They do, because they dollar is being... And it's probably going back over the... It is. They it don't is. care. They come over here for a few of them come over here for you know education or whatever. They go to school, they graduate. It's like yeah. they have a set goal and it's tunnel vision. Yeah. It's nothing else, nothing more. It's like this is what it is, tunnel vision. And they get what they need, they get the fuck out. This is something I think is very no, I think the older generation needs to hear this. They do it being themselves. Mm-hmm. When you go to that bazaar to go get that wave cap or that uh perm you're getting. The Korean dude or whatever uh, of Asian origin, you know, I'm not trying to be racist or whatever. They're not in there in the suit. They ain't got their hair perm back to appeal. They in there in whatever the Koreans want to wear while we being taught, hey, man, if you want to get a good job, get a low cut, cut your dreads, pull your pants up, do this. Dick Gregory made some interesting comments. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, he's like, code switching. Yeah. He was like, they shoot niggas in suits. They were shooting us back. (laughs) Don't matter if your fans sagging, they were shooting. It was water hosing. Niggas was in suit marching. Exactly. Still getting their ass beaten. I by say die. that all the time. Your ancestors got lynched in, in their Sunday suits. They tilted with the fedoras. And I, like, I say that shit all the time. Cleaning than a motherfucker. But we, hanging like, from a tree. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and you're right. They, them ages come in there with some slides themselves. and some and some damn socks. With some khaki pants. And Whatever a thrift bizarre. store uh, t-shirt pick, and call it a day. Pick a bazaar. Pick a anything. And they do not be in there trying to. No. And then they don't. If they don't talk English, they, just, they don't just do that. <laughs> Look, I love. <laughs> I love Wawa's. When I sat down and had an hour long conversation with Wawa's, one thing I was surprised is that. <laughs> damn, I get cussed out. Her English still wasn't. <laughs> 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 How did you? How have you lasted so long? Because they are invincible. Still just, Asians are just coming in. And they just doing their thing. She know how to tell you that price. And that's it. That's it. They it's know how to say no. They know how to say yes. 
Ain't know how to say yellow. Uh, hello, that's all that matters to them. And 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 chicken and cash card. and yeah, credit card. That is amazing to me. That is. That is amazing that to is. me. Like you, that's something you don't pay attention. Like that's why I've been. I was, I was trying to tell you that three years ago, nigga, <laughs> with your ugly ass, you had to go all the way to the East Coast. No, no. To feel me. No, no, no. To my defense, I remember telling you. Finally, I said. This. I've been no, no, I said, I said, I said, you're right. I, at first I said, look, your brand is your name, so be careful what you say. Then I said, hey, or not. Because what works for you obviously works for you. I don't claim to always be right. I give my opinion. Nigga. I thought I was right. We had whole debates behind brand and what to say and how to say it. And Oh, which which makes me think. This is something that I find very interesting. I like it, but it's interesting. Um, Trends, right? Like, it's amazing how you can be doing something and then a celebrity do it, and now it's trendy. Like, I love what Childish Gambino is doing. He don't edge up his beard, you know what I mean? He comes her out. If you saw the uh, Guava Island with him and Rihanna, mm-hmm. I didn't see it though. My nigga even had back hair. <laughs> like when I tell you, Childish Gambino don't give a damn what they think of my nigga had back hair, not chest hair. He had back hair on the This Is America Jordan. <laughs> I like this nigga. This level of freedom that he has, I fuck with that, man. You know, they say he don't wear deodorant. Like, I love that nigga. Yeah, child. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know you always call people musty. I can't. Fuck deodorant. Yo, I cannot stand a nasty, musty ass person, period. You can be well, a little, you can be a little baby. I ain't fucking with you. But this is what you have to realize. In France, in Europe, you know what I'm saying? Nah. Smells mean a lot no, of different but things. You gotta you gotta know your culture too. <laughs> Black people talk white people how to bathe. We don't we don't do that shit. That's no, no. nasty. Well, what it is, this this is what I think. When when Erica Badu was on uh the Breakfast Club, you know, Charlemagne was saying something to the effect like, "Is you just using crystals?" <laughs> he was like, "But well, what about you know?" <laughs> but I can't remember. I don't want. I don't want to quote her wrong. But she basically was saying, "She maybe she knows the right thing." I mean, she's a majestic being anyway, so she probably just know all the sick everything, whatever. But I think some people are trying to get away from the deodorant because they know the aluminum's causing the breast cancer. I got. I got away from. So you got to figure out what works for you and your body. But. Maybe they're trying to do that. Bring it it's in. natural deodorant. That's the thing. There's natural it deodorant. Don't, it don't work the same. I ain't going to lie to you. But your body gets accustomed to the deodorant. It gets used to not, you know, working with the chemical. It gets used to just working with natural products. It takes time. Over, over time, you know. So you got to be hard on must if they might be in the transition. No. <laughs> not like that. No, it might be in a transition of no. trying to get off the uh no. speed stick and mm-hmm. now they're trying to do there's a diff there's levels to lemon and coconut there's, there's oil. There's levels. There's levels to I, it. I tried Tom's uh natural deodorant, man. That shit was gone like hour four. And I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at that time your you already at work. Is. You already at work. But your body just gotta get used to it. That's it. You gotta go through that that transition. It's kind of like <laughs> detoxing. It's, it's just like that. Your body get used to it. This is true. Because your body your body is used to the chemical doing yeah. all the work. So what you what you transition to? What did you? I'm natural deodorant, and I was walking around funky in the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I 
for a long time. <laughs> but now I'm good. Wait a minute. I'm good. Oh my god. And it's is... hot as fuck in Dallas Wait, right now. Wait a minute. This is this is uh, But I had to go through it. You, so you wait a minute, you hard on musty people, but you had a time where you was walking around? But I work for myself, by myself. Ain't nobody in this bitch but me. Oh my goodness. So I was good. But maybe this they... is a time for me to detox, do whatever I need to do to get my life together. So when I have a whole team, we good. I'm just and you'll be the already worked yeah, out. Yeah, I done detox. I done got my natural deodorant. Oh got God. my crystals going. Got my sage. Everything is perfect. It's the process. You can't skip the process. Remember, this is true. R.I.P. Nipsey Hussle. You can't was... skip it. Yeah. So I, I. I advise everybody to get on natural deodorant, but it's going to take your body a long time to catch up to what's going on. You're going to be stinky. I gave up. I went back to the degree. I ain't going to lie to you. I mean, I ain't going to lie to you, man. It just, I, my grown man must. <laughs> like, <laughs> you got people want to score on you, catch you on the wrong day. I ain't got time for that, man. I'm trying to, you know, meet people and stuff I like that. I call you musty all the time, but I ain't never smelled you. I just like calling you musty. Hey, <laughs> hey, I ain't got time. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, I just. I went back to the degree, and I just like you know. Well, this is what I think. I don't know this. I think with men, we're less likely to get some breast cancer or whatever because we we don't shave our armpits. Oh. So I'm saying y'all be done shaved, so this shit is going. It's my gift. How you feel about a hairy woman? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I'm gonna be careful with that one. To know who watch. Oh. Uh, Why are you so careful? You <laughs> know, like right. what you like. No, nah, no, nah, um. It's a myth about women that have hairy, you know, hair above their lips. I think that myth is true. What's the myth? <laughs> I gotta go into detail. Oh, they got good pussy. That's, that's what they say. I found that to true? be true. It is. It is. Oh wow! It is true. A woman with Typically, a beard. They got, I ain't say. <laughs> I didn't say a damn beard. <laughs> if they got, they don't know who watched. Listen, they got. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's true. Yeah, yeah. How many have you hit though? Oh, 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 hold on. I'm a, I'm a gentleman. I'm a southern gentleman. I'm, how you want? I am a southern gentleman. Right. I, 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 how, many, how, how many women have you taken out and romanced? Have I taken out and romanced? Yeah. Since you're a gentleman, I just had to rephrase the question. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, man. With a with a beard. I'm going to probably. <laughs> first of all, I ain't taking no woman out with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> with the beard? Yeah. <laughs> That's I what took, I call it. I okay. ain't took no woman out with a beard. All right. But I know women that I know they've had to shave or tweeze with yes. facial hair. Yes. Have I taken out? Yes. In romance. <laughs> uh I feel like I should say no comment on this situation. But I'm gonna I'm go ahead and no, I'm gonna do it for you. Uh with that, like that? Just say a few, a lot, many. A couple, a couple, yeah, a like few. Two, two, three. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you can judge from that angle. You're going to hit three. more than two. Yeah. I ain't say hit. I said took out romance. Took out romance. I'm taking the T.I. approach. Right. Took out romance. I love when they ask T.I. about threesomes of China and all that. He'd be like, hey, whoa, hey, we don't, we don't talk about that. Really? No, no, no. I like that. Okay. I, I get it. I understand. You don't you don't kiss and tell, even though you just told. No, 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 no. I'm talking, this is when right. I dated, went out on dates with, you know what I'm saying? No. But you said it's true, though. It's true? It is true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, not relative. I feel like they are the, they spicy women, too. Boy, they talk a lot of shit. That's do you, true, too. Do you think men love women that are crazy? Like, 
do you, I feel like a lot of men equate love with crazy. Like if she's not turning up on me, she's not screaming at me and shit like that. She all love me. How much time we got? We got five minutes. Oh, um, it ain't that we like crazy. Uh, in a literal sense, it's just. I, I I attribute a lot of stuff to regions too. Typically, like let's say, for instance, let me try to be you the short version. You're a homegirl, you tell me about a dude, I'd be like, where you from? If we're talking Dallas, you know, I attribute it to where you from as far as we like. But it ain't that we like crazy women. You just maybe want to, I hate to say a little of a challenge. You don't want a boring woman. You just don't want a boring woman. Like, but, but at the same token, let me say that. You tell me from answering your question. I don't like this whole. Uh, running thing where women like I'm crazy, but I'm worth it because, and this could get ugly. This conversation could turn for the worst when you start talking about. Oh, let me try to explain this. Oh, when you start talking about interracial relationships, okay? Yeah, I'm gonna go there for a second. Typically, a lot of black women will say men choose white women or whatever women because we're weak and we want to push up. That's not the case. Okay, because I have a couple friends that are with women of the opposite race. It's just that as you get older, I may understand all the struggles of a black woman and that she goes through and why she thinks like she thinks and vice versa. Right. But it becomes a, a factor of if I don't necessarily have to deal with that, then it's like all these pressures of the world plus kind of an argument in the crib versus kind of peace. Then they just go the other route. Same token, okay, you might, as a black woman, say, I understand the struggle my black brother go to, why his credit might be low, why he is, <laughs> but I don't feel like dealing with it. So when uh, John. John come through with the good credit and everything, you choose him. You see what I'm saying? But when Serena Williams do it, she gets support. But when, you know, I don't know, somebody else, they, the men do it, uh, he just, because you want a weak bitch. It ain't that. I love black women. But as I get older, I don't want to have to check. I, I like checking women from time to time, and I think I'm good at But I don't want to have to check my woman every day. You know I, don't think, I don't think a lot of black women are like that. And this is my message to black women. My message is we got to stop comparing ourselves to other races. We already yeah. know we the shit. We yeah, already know we influential. We already know. No doubt. I'm talking about this. We, we are very strong. We can handle a lot of shit. We get that. We the shit. We get that. So what's the point of even looking at a black man when he's with a white woman and feeling some type of way? And then a lot of us instantly in our minds think that black men treat white women better. And I'll, and I'll, I'm just going to say that to me in my, the way that I'm looking at shit and the way that I've analyzed the situation, these motherfuckers begin cheated on and played on too. That's real. They, it's the same shit. It's the same. Niggas gonna be niggas. It doesn't matter who they with. If he's not ready and mature enough to handle a, a an adult relationship, it doesn't matter what race you are. You're gonna get played. You're gonna get cheated on. You're gonna get disrespected. That's just what comes with it. Right. And a lot of black women instantly think, oh, it, when he's with a white woman, she's getting treated more or better. She's getting mm -hmm. romance. He got good credit. I done seen some niggas ain't got shit with whole white women. I ain't got a whole ass thing. 
But that is what it is. And it gets, right. it gets to the point where you just got to stop comparing yourself because at the end of the day, you just making yourself look less than and you're not. We know we're not. Right. So why even put, why even have this conversation? Right. I don't feel no, when I see interracial, I don't feel no, it ain't it's, none of my business. And that's, and that's, and I think that's how it should be. I just don't like when the default narrative is he weak or like you said, he's treating her better. No, that just may be what suited him. You know what I'm saying? For whatever reason. Now, the issue is, though, when a lot of you niggas, (laughs) when a lot of you niggas get with the opposite race, you talk down on black women. And that's facts. A lot of you guys start dating white women, and then all of a sudden, black women ain't shit. Date who you want to date, but don't, like I said, it's a comparison. Do not compare me to a white woman. Don't say, Oh, well, she ain't yelling at me. She ain't giving me a hard time. I'm already having difficulties with the world. Okay. When I come home, it's all peace and love. When I know a lot, especially in my family as a black woman, I done seen a lot of women, but just bow down to a nigga. Don't say nothing. She out the way, afraid, scared of losing him. Just losing him. Don't want him with nobody else. Don't even want him single. So she don't say nothing. She's very submissive. Even when she don't... <laughs> She don't need to be. Somebody needs to take lead because this nigga don't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> I got you. I so got you. when it comes to when it comes to interracial dating, and it goes for black women too. When you start dating a white a white man, don't compare your black brother to that white guy. Yeah. It's the comparison, and that's what's problematic. And people I need agree. to stop doing that shit. I agree. Just date be- who, who who you want to date, but don't bring don't nobody else them. into it. That's all. I just. In some in some instances, I don't know what the word is for, you know, if when women are I don't know what the true definition of a feminist is, but I just imagine it's when women just go to bat for women, right? Yeah. Or just really pro women. I'm the same way. I just don't like the default narrative. The dude is weak or he you know what I'm saying? Like, cause all dudes that's in in interracial racial relationships are not talking down on black women. You know what I mean? This just this specific thing works. Again, I don't know why the Serena is with uh oh boy. Or why Eve is with oh boy, why are we it just it just works. <laughs> you see that's just what it is. It just when it comes to especially women with a certain degree, a certain celebrity, a certain lifestyle, you just want somebody that can keep up at this point. That's it. Now that's interesting what you what you said. <laughs> you just want somebody that it, it's not even <laughs> that's it. I, I guarantee you, these I know, women I know what you're saying. probably, probably, they probably make more money than them, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it is. But even if you want somebody to like meet you when it comes to the confidence, when it comes to the swagger, when it comes to the lifestyle, like for instance, if you want to, like if Serena want to do certain things, and you got somebody, oh, I don't want to do that. Like I dated somebody in the past. I want to travel a lot. I want to move around. This dude told me. If we gonna if we gonna be talking, you can't be doing this. And I'm like, but I'm doing this for my business though. And you like you wanna when you get in a relationship, you just simply want somebody that that can match you. That's it. And sometimes it might be somebody from another race. Right. Right. But at the same time, you don't see Serena talking down on black men, and you don't it's see true. Rihanna talking down on black men either. You don't. Both of them are for the culture. And Serena don't got no other choice because her daddy wasn't with that shit. <laughs> he wasn't. This is true. So You're right. Yeah. And that's I, I want to take a break, but 
I want to talk about feminist. Because <laughs> there's a huge difference in that. And I see a lot of black women riding that wave, and I'm just like, yeah. But let's give a shout out to our sponsors. I'll be right back. My name is Parditra, AKA CPR with Ditra in the community. If it's been over two years since you've had a CPR training course, you may want to consider taking another one because if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Contact me at 214-267-9819 or you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at CPR with Ditra. Saving lives, touching souls. CPR with Ditra. That's a good question. No refunds? <laughs> that part. Okay, we were back. Oh. Okay, all right, all right. So you just asked me, what do Brie Moore care about? Let's get into it. I care about, I care about generational wealth. I care about ownership. I, I care about entrepreneurship. I care about freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of self I care about self-love because I love me time. Like, I just don't like being around a whole bunch of niggas every day all day. Okay. Like, I need time to, like, really analyze my situation and what I want to do. I, I I thrive off of being myself. If I feel suppressed, then I'm it's not a good thing. You can't mess with it. No. And that's the reason why I can't work for nobody else. Because the minute that I feel suppressed, I feel like that's the minute that my life ends. And it's no point. There's no purpose in it. I got you. I'm I'm very unique, so I need to be my unique self. <laughs> I feel like you should be living in Brooklyn or something. I don't know why. Everybody keeps saying I should go to Brooklyn. I, I am. I, even though I've been in New York, I haven't been to Brooklyn. But, uh, but I feel like Dallas needs this type of energy, though. That's true too. And when somebody once it start vibrating and stuff like that, I'd probably be like, peace. <laughs> my work here is done. Type I'm, situation. I'm retired. <laughs> I feel you. But yeah, I I just, I don't know. I think a lot of things that we consume, a lot of things that we entertain, it's, it's, it's unnecessary. Trivial. It's unnecessary. It's, it is. It's, it's just, and I get it. Like, you want balance. You don't want to always be serious. But I have learned that even when you're focused, you, you find joy. Even when you in your zone, even when you're in your purpose. I have never laughed so much in my life. Like, I'm happy. I, I can joke around and stuff like that. I can play around and be goofy and be myself because I'm in a happy space. Literally. Right. In my own space. So I think everybody needs to chase that. Like, just chase yeah. your purpose. Because within your purpose, you find so many other elements to life. Preach. Okay, so now we're going to pass around a collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, it's just difficult, though. Like, if you if you what you feel your purpose is, finding out how to make it kind of, I don't want to say cash out, but just create revenue. You know what I mean? Everybody can't can't do it. It's a, it's a thing. It's a mind thing. It's a thing. Yeah, it is. It is a thing. It's a whole mentality. Because, like, growing up, we're not taught that we can make money off our purpose. We are taught that we have to... You yeah. know, customer service jobs or janitor, be a janitor or something. Like we have to work extremely hard, but at the same time, it's kind of weird because we 
you know, we have those creative things in our households. We have the artwork in our household. You pay for that artwork on the wall. We have those books right. on our bookshelves. Somebody paid for that book. So creatives definitely can make a living off of... And do. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of, especially us as black people, we don't... It's not even an option for us. It's not It's not taught. We don't have access to that. And that's the reason why I do what I do in South Dallas in period, especially right. in urban communities. And I let people know. I let those kids know that this is this is too an option. Like if you love to draw, you can make money. You can make a decent living off of drawing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because every time I go speak to like high schools, middle schools, and after you're done giving your you know, generic speech. Those kids are asking you, okay, so how much money? Do you make? <laughs> like on that Martin episode. Exactly. So that, what kind of car you drive? What kind of what 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 you push? What you be telling? I'm very curious. Look, I'm like, what you be telling? I mean, what I are you tell telling? The truth. Do you? I mean, what are their responses? What's the? First of all, you have to build the clientele. You have to build the reputation. The, the process. Yeah. You can't skip that. But eventually. You can sell a, a piece of artwork for three hundred fifty dollars. Now you're gonna pay it off your car note. I've done that. Right. When I lost my job in January of twenty seventeen, I started selling artwork for fifty dollars. I never painted on canvas before. I just this is something I want to try. I posted on social media. People want to buy it. I didn't know how to price it, so I was just like fifty dollars off yeah. the muscle. And then once I started building up, you know, more experience and I started practicing more and getting more skills and techniques. This is three hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Because it's your artwork. It's custom. Right. I think I think it's not only dope. I think it's very important what you do because, like you said, you growing up, kid in charge, right? Whatever. If you don't see, if you don't see it, you you think it's impossible. Yeah, like yeah. that. It's just it's so simple. Like it's it's stuff that I look back on. I didn't even realize how much of it impacted me. I had a lot of business owners in my family, but I wasn't growing up thinking uncle so-and-so, you know, is a business owner, but it's just when I got older and I, because when you're an entrepreneur, I think sometimes you question yourself, like, why, why the fuck I want to do this? Why come I can't sit at this desk and not go crazy? And then you start thinking about stuff like, damn, because I had an uncle that had a, uh, he sold rims, ACOG tire and wheel, you know what I'm saying? Forgot he did that. Uncle had a video store. And I'm like, this might just be in my little old bloodline. You know what I'm saying? Like we just that's just how we feel. Like you said, behind that desk it feels so it feels like a prison sometimes, man. Like going against what you're really supposed to be doing is just one of the worst things to do. Yeah. And I don't wanna ever have to do that again, man. So I'm gonna have to keep my trial and error until I figure it out. But that's why people like you inspire me, because I feel like sis is figured it out. She's I, and that's the thing, like I don't ever think like, me and August had this conversation a long time ago, and he was like, is it really sacrifices, though? Because we look at it like, oh, like, for example, I was like, I have to cut off my Netflix account. I, this is this is something that I have to sacrifice. And August looked at me, and he was that ain't, like, that ain't no damn sacrifice. It's like, what else you got to do? And I was like, uh, I can't do this. I can't go out. He was like, that's not a sacrifice. That's something that you have to unlearn. You think you need it, yeah. but you really don't need it. Like, I've been out. I've been living without a TV for six years. That's Before so the whole wave and the Netflix and the internet and stuff like that and the Roku's and 
all that stuff. I have not. I choose the content that I want to watch. That's that's big. I don't want. I don't. We don't have any TVs. The only thing we watch is Netflix. If I feel like it's a good show, I'm gonna watch it. Like I love Atlanta. I love um, what is that? Uh, Queen Sh- Queen of Sugar. I love that. I love um, Chicago. Okay, I stay MC. I've only seen Atlanta out of the ones you see. I love those shows, but I don't have cable. But I just watch it on my phone and call it a day. Yeah. Like I choose my content because I I honestly believe that. We are not only what we eat, but we are what we listen to, what we talk to, what we engage with, what we have sex with. Like, you are who you fuck with. Like, and there's levels to this shit. So, yeah. All them commercials and shit, like, I don't see that. I don't know what's going on when it comes to marketing. They bad, too. Commercials. They got worse. I don't know. (laughs) You doing good. I admire that. Straight up. I I have no idea. That's what's up. The only ads I see now is on Facebook. Ads. Not ads. Ads. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, like, what is your... But I see a lot of ads on Facebook, too. It, it, no, it, I don't. It, I'm lying. My, my timeline, I even choose who I follow on Facebook. So why are you trying to beat me up for who I follow? I don't with? beat you, know you up about it. You just... You I just house. be high-siding. Oh, my gosh. I do not care that you don't follow me on Facebook. can't be high-siding, man. You know. And if nah, I you know said what? one... Th- I just told you that one time. We had, no, we had a whole conversation. You was like, but why? Like, I told you. Because you're driving me nuts. I, I thought it was simple. We was good. But you just... I feel like you... Maybe because it was your approach. <laughs> I don't go off on people unless they come at me crazy. Like, if you tell me, Bri, I just don't want to follow you no more. You be on some shit. I don't like it. I told you. That's what I said. I said something But you probably said, yeah. I was like, you was doing a lot, man. I just, you know. Oh, maybe I didn't even tell you. Did I? Anyways. Yeah. If you follow me on Facebook, I know for a fact that I trigger a lot of people. That's just what it is. So, do you... Intentionally trigger people, or you just like, no? I just have I just, just have like, general conversations that I mind, feel like yes, like, and it's a lot of things that I don't post. So just imagine the things that I don't post. <laughs> I swear, I'd be like, okay, this is too much. I should have this as a private conversation. <laughs> it's a lot of private conversations that I have as my friends. I, I believe you. I'm not. I'm not. Listen. I don't, because I, I already know what it is. I know if people get upset about donuts, they'll get upset about feminism. I'm surprised about the whole, what's your thoughts on feminism? You think, um. I don't think, I, okay, so when it comes to feminism. They infiltrated it. I feel like they use black bodies for the, the quantity of it. And I, and I feel like, okay, so yes. I feel like if you feel like black women matter, if you feel like black women deserve the same equal rights of men, then you should also be marching with them when it comes to Black Lives Matter. That's how I feel. White people, white women only show up when it comes to these feminist groups, but they're not showing up when our men and our sons are being shot down. Right. And I feel like if you can show up for a feminist group, you can. if you love your, your black sister so much, when she's hurting, when she's in pain, when she's screaming about police brutality, you should also you should also be there too. That's yeah. how I feel. 
Because yeah. your, your black sister, not only is she a feminist, not only does she believe in women's rights and equality and equal pay, but she also loves her black man just like you love yours. Right. So I think there should be definitely more support on that end. And until then, I'm not joining no, no feminist groups. I have nothing for them. Nothing. I think the labels and stuff like that. It separates us. It's, it yeah. separates the black woman from her black man. And it's yeah. intended to. Yeah. It's intended to. I think so too. And at the end of the day, they go home to theirs. Most of them will marry. And it's a lot of black women that's not. So that says a lot. Absolutely. So I think white women have found a way to like separate business from personal. I feel like for, for white women, a lot of them, feminism is a business. <laughs> Straight up. It's all about numbers. Yeah. I, I want to make sure that I'm still getting paid what my husband is getting paid so we can still have great credit scores. We can travel. We can take our kids, whatever. Our kids can go to private school. But once that's out the way, once I'm home, I'm all about my family. <laughs> I'm putting them first. Black women don't know how to separate that shit. We take that shit to the crib. Take we take that shit to the crib. Now uh -huh. our niggas ain't shit. Our men ain't <laughs> shit. Our, bo our boys need to go live with their daddy because he ain't, he ain't going to be like... <laughs> Black women, you got to be more careful because it's a lot of them. Yes, it's a lot of white Don't get me wrong because a lot of people going to listen to this and take offense and be like, there's some good white people. Just like we know there's some good cops. We get that. We understand that. True. But you got to look at the bigger picture and the purpose behind it. Cops. I think it is. I know it is some good cops. They just don't speak up. Yeah, that's that's a tough. It's like. Just like white people don't speak up about what's going on in that. this country. Like what you what you what you doing marksman's what what it what are the freaking standards? Oh, you made I made it. If you can't if you're just shooting to kill, like what are you? What, what are the requirements like? Do they need to get paid more? Like what? I don't know. That, that blows my mind when they be shooting and killing people. Like you couldn't shoot this nigga in the leg. You couldn't. Not saying first of all, a lot of the situation you shouldn't be shooting the dude anyway. Yeah. But okay. Let's say you was really scared. You know what I mean? Let's say he was beast. You couldn't disable him. It got to be kill this dude. And then you just, what, you off with administrative? No. It's like, no. No. I just feel like it gets to the point where it's like, okay, everything is quiet. Let's send out an email. Whoever decides to take this challenge, they're going to be good for life. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? I think... I I mean, it's happening so much. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's happening. I feel like police brutality, police killing uh, black men and black women so much. It got to be a challenge. It got to be like a social media challenge or some shit. That's how I feel. Somebody got to be sending out some email. Who want Who want this? Who want this opportunity? <laughs> that's a, that's, I ain't never, that, damn. I just, I mean, I'm just, I'm just high side, but I just feel like <laughs> some, some, it's just not making sense. It doesn't make sense at all. Like, I, I totally understand. Like, can you, you know, tase him? Like, y'all have yes. tasers, too. All this shit on your utility belt. And y'all don't and use your only it. You got a whole stick. Just bang somebody against the head right quick. I get. I promise you, you bang somebody, they don't know you. You mean business. Yeah. Like but it. just shooting somebody down, like the last person that was shot, I think it was in... Uh, I'm probably wrong. I'm probably wrong, but it was recently. It was a guy that got shot 37 times. I'm like 37 times. What you trying to prove at this point? 
That, yeah, that's ridiculous. 37 they all need, times? They all need to be fighting. And what kills me about... What kills me about the the narrative of white people that debate that we are tripping about this issue is their debate is, well, more white people get killed by police officers than blacks. Then y'all should be mad, too. Y'all should be in the streets with us. I want to see the numbers on that, first and foremost. (laughs) A lot of white people say that. Show me the facts. A lot of them say that's their debate. There is more really? white. Yes, I have had a whole debate on Facebook about police brutality. This white guy told me that white people are getting getting killed more by police officers than blacks. Then why are you not upset? You should be upset too. Yeah. Because now this is not just like y'all said. This is not a black and white issue. Now this is a citizen and a cop issue, and let's address it. But they don't address it. They need an overhaul, man. They need an overhaul. But we got we also gotta understand the history of police officers in yeah, this country. That's why I need an overhaul. Yeah. They need we overhaul. gotta go all the way back. They, they were slave clean, catchers. They, they need to clean that shit up. Like they need to just come through and they need to, uh, I don't know. Uh yeah. It's 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 really sad, but now I really feel like okay. And it's so sad that, that now when we hear about it, we it doesn't get that same outrage anymore. Yeah. We we get so used to it as a culture that it's like, damn man, that happened. Next, that's how I feel. It's kind of like, dang, like, oh, it's like everything is like insensitive now. Like it's just, Somebody, it's just like, part of it. It's just part of, of what it is. Unfortunately, it's sad. We'll get outraged. We we'll probably march and boycott and do what we need to do for like three weeks, and then after that. And then it's quiet, and then that's so you know it's another thing that happened. Killer Mike said something very interesting on his uh, interview with Charlemagne. I think, man, you talked about this when uh, this stuff went down in Dallas too, just about um, the organizing and having the certain talks in private. You know what I mean? Like, yes, forget the marches, forget the yes. host. Yeah, like it's just like real tough conversations that need to be had amongst us. In private. private. Yes. You know what I mean? If if Killer Mike ran for president, I vote. I vote. Just I vote. like just like that festival. I think that's where they messed up at. By oh, making it public. The Afro Festival, if they would have just made it private, like at the door, they would have just said, okay, black folk is $20, white people is 40 but we ain't going to say nothing. We just going to do it. Yeah. It would have been a whole different situation, but we talk too much. And they know our plans. They know our blueprint. Because we just everything. instantly talking. And they see that's people it. in but nobody's having private conversations and nobody's actually doing what I'm not going to say nobody. Cause now I'm saying, I'm sounding typical when it's really people out here. That's really right. going hard. Right. It's a lot of us that's going hard to the point where we ain't working for nobody else no more. We only shopping with black businesses. Yeah. It's a lot of people that have really unlearned and start supporting us. And so that ain't an easy thing to do. Like, I take that back. I, I mean, it's not, it's not an easy thing to do, but at the same time, like, you you learn to stop just looking at the convenience of things. Because the only reason why we do what we do is because of the convenience. It's convenient to shop at a Walmart versus going across town to shop at that black-owned grocery yeah. store. But at the same time, this is it's for you, by you. So support it. Support it. So you won't feel no type of way when something go down in Walmart. And I, and I feel like we really need to start having more patience. For black-owned businesses too. Yeah. 
and yeah. adding more value to it. Like we gotta put more value on our shit. Like yeah. period. We value everybody else's shit but ours. We give them 13 chances. We what? still go there, we still go to the eat. We still do all types of stuff. Yeah, the last time I was here, Sally was extra mean to me, but you here though. I don't care about the last time you here. I, you still giving me your dollar. Yeah. You right about that. Let a black owned business do something. It's a whole Facebook post. They want to tell you. Don't shop at Little Trika no more. What they got charged last time. Little Trika had her kid at the uh, uh, hair salon. I had to listen to her baby cry the whole time I was getting my hair done. Like, But what's your hair fresh? Did you get your. Yes. <laughs> Did you get the service? A lot of people got to reduce it down to black and white. Did you get the service that you came to get? Because a lot of black businesses are just like white businesses. A lot of them are startup businesses. They just just eliminate black owned. That's why I don't like saying black owned anymore. I love what I do. I get it. I understand it. But people automatically attach all the negative things yeah. to your business because it's black owned. No, I'm a business. I'm a startup business. Yeah. So you might experience the lack of the first few years. That's just what it is. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. Unless you're going to donate. <laughs> or you're going to invest. Bri, I'm going to send you $50 a month. Okay. Then you can come to my meetings and you can pl- complain about everything. But if you ain't invest, I don't got nothing for you. That's real. We got to eliminate the all oh, the white-owned, black-owned business and da 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 No, we are startup businesses. We need capital. We need working capital as well. And even if you go to a white-owned business, that's a startup company. You might experience the lack of some, some, yeah, some, some growing pains. Because in the house. yes, it's growing pains. Yeah. Yeah. But I could talk to you all day, Derek. We don't win over. <laughs> you have any advice for um anybody? You got any solution? We got we have covered just about everything. <laughs> and we have also given solutions. So what so, else do you have to say to the people? Solutions. I like I definitely. What solutions type of, for which for which topic? Solutions. We talked about entrepreneur entrepreneurship. We talked about reparations. We talked about the Afro Festival. We talked about feminism. Oh, we did. We okay. talked about interracial couples. I'm gonna try to hit them all. For the entrepreneur, treat it as a growing thing or as a child. Continue to nurture it, and it's like it's fine tuning it. It's your business, so just keep learning, keep at it. You know what I mean? And yeah, you you'll keep quit. elevating. Because whatever the mistake was, was really something you just learned as a uh, hands-on experience. For, uh, what else was that? Uh, interracial, interracial couples. Let people love who they want to love. Man. And don't don't think that it's a negative reason. Like, sometimes stuff works. It just don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I be saying. Now, if a person talking down, it's completely different. But, I didn't see Serena and think, oh, you bitch, how could you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What up? You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm going to take it a step further. If she, this could be deep. I know we got, we closing that. If she say whatever she say, why she love the whole dude, whatever, I just, it is what it is. Maybe Drake did do her wrong. I don't know. Because they was talking for a minute. He's half white, so he don't count. <laughs> well, let people love what they want to love. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the feminists. I don't know what the solution to that would be. Just don't even worry about the labels. Just be for, just be for what you for. Stand for what you stand. For. I don't know. Don't get caught up. Check the origins of 
labels yeah. and, and groups that you make yourself a part of. Check the origins and make sure it hadn't gotten distorted. Could have started out as something good, but it got infiltrated. You know what I'm saying? So that uh uh, uh, the uh, Afro uh, Festival. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Just do what you're gonna do. It ain't have to be so, you know. Public about it. Let people know every plan you're doing. Uh, Reparations. I would say. <laughs> oh, that's tough because you got so many people. Stop waiting on them to get us. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. Give us our money. Shut that bullshit up. Black people. Okay, well, give me yours. Whatever. <laughs> but. The Asians are a good group of <laughs> a good example. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you do get your shit together, then you don't need you don't have to be waiting on reparations. We are owed our reparations, but the Asian culture is a great example of just circulating your dollar, you know what I mean, pooling money, like-minded business owners, then your shit thrive. That's it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, <sighs> yeah, my solution. Derek, thank you so much for visiting the podcast. It was an absolute honor. We had a whole conversation with no debates. <laughs> we did, right? That's growth. That's amazing. Huh? You know what I'm saying? Tell the people how they can follow you since you about to go to Korea. I know you, your, your Instagram about to be lit. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even told a lot of people. Uh, you can follow me on um, Facebook. It's just Derek Turner. Um on most of the other social media, which is Twitter, Instagram, I'm on there as Preppy Music. Okay, it's P R E P P Y M U S I C. Um, and yeah, pretty much Preppy Music on everything, even Facebook. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I make sure to go follow. Again, thank you guys so much for listening to the Bremore Productions podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share and let people know about what's going on over here. It's the safe place for the black opinion. We are black and we are happy and we like say that. what we say. Safe place for the black opinion. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a t-shirt. So make, sure, <laughs> so make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook as well at Bremore Productions. Peace.